You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Webcology starts now only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Web College here on on Cranberry.fm. It's the 11th of May, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk. Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, it's a little bit gray here, but you know what? That's my big complaint living uh, here in Lotus Land. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, Dave, I can tell you that um, with with without a shadow of a doubt. Google thinks you're a good SEO. <laughs> Me too, eh? How did how did we manage to pull that off, Jim? Well, because we don't we don't always agree with them. Okay, so I loved this story. This made me this this made me extremely happy, and we've got to get a hold of Gary to find out why he said this. I might just have it this week because I've been lazy. But um, Gary Eyes, um, your friend and mine, has uh, he came out the other day and said. Um, it's good that people listen to him and John and to other, other spokespeople from Google, but following them unquestionably is not necessarily good SEO because, gasp, they're often wrong. Now, I gotta, we've been riding, we've been riding Gary pretty heavily on this show, but I gotta say, I really respect him for saying that. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great thing to say, and it, it, it's interesting and something else uh, we'll probably be touching on later in the show because it, it syncs in with another story. But I actually been talking about that on Facebook in response to well, Roger will be chatting about him. It had written an article, um, and and it just got sort of lambasted on one point from the article. Don't you hate that one? Like all of a sudden, it's like everything's crap because this one I disagree with this one thing. Anyway, um, this one of the things I amp landing pages is it. No, no, it's okay. not. It's, uh, it's, it's basically, like, like we're talking about here now, it's on how to be a better SEO. A lot of great yeah. advice in it. We'll touch on that later. But um, one of the things uh, he had said was heading tags don't matter. And we, we can talk about the, the debate about that. But what I had come back with is, is basically a, 
you know, bringing up what we're talking about here is the job of people, everybody, for all of our listeners, and you're listening to podcasts, you're actually one of the people in, in this group is listen to a bunch of stuff and take what makes sense and do that, right? And, and, and he even noted, even the folks at Google don't know what's going on. It's too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's too big. They can't know 100%. They just know more than we do generally. <laughs> but they can't know everything that's going on. Gary just touched on it. You're, you're right. Huge respect for calling that because we know it, but it's important that the lay person also knows that. And it's nice to be able to reference that and go, see, here's them saying just because they said it doesn't mean it's true. You need to think about it in the context of your business um, and, and make sure. Now, when they say, you know, don't use black hat links. Yeah. They're, this has been a while, right? <laughs> they got this one down, <laughs> but um, but, you know, all, all these little like tricks and, and, and things like that. Um, I, I think it's, it's great advice. I'm really glad he came out and said it and, and you're right. Huge respect to him for doing it. Yeah. And again, we've, um, how to, how to, uh, to, to, to expand on what you were saying, Dave, where you were saying it's too big. It's just that Google at one time used to have a, um, fairly rigid, a much more rigid set of algorithms that I'm not going to say applied universally to all search queries, but applied a lot more frequently to a much larger number of uh, greater frequency of search queries. But with the uh, machine learning that they have now, I, I think Google is teaching itself context. We know, we know Google is teaching itself context on the fly. And we also know that when you combine like dozens of algorithms with machine learning, you kind of lose control of the outcome. Um, they vaguely know what's going on, but um, to, to, to say that anybody knows how Google works is a is is a hell of a stretch. Oh, I think that's a great point. I mean, I like to think about it. And you know what? Are, are you an exact carbon copy of your your parents? No, you're not. I'm not. And I, I treat AI a lot like that, like a like like a child, right? Where, yeah, I can inject into it a core base of information, but it's going to end up treating that information differently (laughs) as it evolves. Um, And that's what we're seeing here is the AI, I mean, it's in its earliest stages now. And I mean, you know, looking forward and going right now, we'll be laughing calling this AI, but, you know, we can inject into it how to function. That's great. But it's going to start making its own rules. It's going to start making assumptions. And that's one of the quote-unquote problems is even engineers can't fully reverse engineer what a result is and figure out how the search engines came up with it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, of course they don't know um, specifically, but their insight into what the core bits of information were, right? This is, you know, something weird goes on. Of course, you, you know, a big crime or something, you interview the parent, you, you know, you try and build together what was the core data in there <laughs> that was injected into this person to, to create that. But, you know, that's all you can do. And you're still never probably going to be a hundred percent right. Actually, I can guarantee you won't be a hundred percent right in figuring it out because that, that person has, has now gone on and, and, and interpreted that, in different ways, just like the, um, just like AI is now, but, but certainly will be even more into the future. <laughs> you can, um, qu- quantum Google, you can only know what, uh, you don't know what happened with Google by observing the effects of what Google did. Quantum Google. <laughs> um, okay. I just want, I want to get that out. First thing first was like Gary came right out and said they don't always know what they're talking about. And I'm so, again, so glad he said that because 
it kind of felt weird being like the naysayer for so long, right? Like, I don't think that's true, but that's what the man said. Now, I ain't no engineer, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> anyway, something else that, uh, that John Mueller said, and I think this is completely true, but um, expressed in such a way that you just sort of got to giggle at it. He, he wanted to clarify that there's a difference between spammy links and unnatural links. Um, and this is actually this is actually a really important thing. Um, spammy links are just, you know, links from Viagra sites and crap, crap pages that nobody gives a, gives a damn about that just, you know, spread themselves. Either they inject themselves into your site somehow or um, somebody just built a bunch of spammy links and links to your website for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, Google ignores those. The uh, the Penguin update, the most the I think the, the the autumn iteration of the Penguin update just takes a whole list of spammy uh, spammy URLs or where links might be coming from, and, and basically throws them out the window. Doesn't give a damn about them. Doesn't count them. Unnatural links, on the other hand, that's when say your blog has gone six months without a single link coming into it, and suddenly in the last two weeks there's like forty of them, all of them all from like New Jersey or something. <laughs> um, those are unnatural links. Chances are somebody built those for you. They didn't come organically. People didn't just uh, put them up there because you wrote this amazing article that everybody in New Jersey had to link to. Uh, just like somebody just, you know, put a bunch of them. Those, those links aren't spammy. They're unnatural, and Google does count those badly. So um, over at Search Engine Roundtable, actually it was today that this, this one went up, there is a uh, short piece on the difference between uh, spammy links and unnatural links. Link building is still half the battle in this game, so you you got to know the difference between the two. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think it's a great that somebody's talking about this, a, a, a great distinction. And anybody who's doing link building, and if you're not, well, hopefully somebody is. Like, I get that not every individual is, but... Um, you know, as, as link building's done, I think it's great advice. Like, think about that, right? Like, yes, you're a link builder, so technically speaking, and I mean, I do link building. Technically speaking, I guess it could be deemed any type, could be deemed as unnatural because you're looking for them to secure them. Um, but you can do it smart, right? I mean, variety. Does it make sense to have that link, right? I mean, there's, there's question one. Um, and then, you know, variety. Don't, you know, you're talking about the all of a sudden there's 40 links. Yeah, rich anchor text, all the same, pointing at the homepage. Right, like, <laughs> you're asking but, for a nightmare. Um, I gotta tell you, this is something I've never understood. Here's some, from from day one, I've never got this. Okay, mm -hmm. say you own, say you own a car dealership. Yeah, uh, Dave's Dave's Cars, and I owned a car wash maybe a uh, quarter mile down the road from you. Mm -hmm. You put up a website. And um, you're thinking about all the local businesses that your auto auto lot customers might be, uh, you know, they they they, they would uh, probably probably uh, go to, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to get their car cleaned once in a while. You and I have happened to strike up a friendship through the Chamber of Commerce. You ask if you could put a link from your site to my website mm -hmm. for your customer's sake, right? Yeah. Well, technically, that's kind of like an unnatural link. It didn't happen organically. You came, you asked for it. I mean, you were looking for a good reason. There's a good that that link should exist, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, it helps customers out. 
if uh, you and I get together over drinks and we decide that we're going to link back and forth between our pages because um, it'll be good for our search engine positioning, that that's an unnatural link. Is it not? But it isn't an unnatural link because it's actually helpful to the user. <laughs> I've never understood the distinction between that because all links are unnatural. Right. And you know what? That's that's a great question. I actually had a, or, or a great point. And I, I had that conversation. I, I got an email from somebody who I've, I've known for years anyway, and she was sort of struggling through and going, okay, but recipient links, right? Like, are, are they, are they dead and, and, and this and that? And I'm like, okay, well at its, at its core yet. Like if you're just asking me about recipient links, yes, right? Like you can't create a big recipient link directory anymore or something like that. And she's like, but I have all these links out and they link to me and I'd like to do more. She's keeping them entirely in her niche, entirely an area, like a, an upfront area that, that would help her users. Um, and, and so I had to respond back and just go, if you would link to them, whether they link to you or not, then go for it. <laughs> like, and and, and it, is that your rule of thumb? It is my rule of thumb because if I would link to them anyway, it's helping my users, right? And I, I would generally do that is go ahead, link out, um, and, and let them know you have and say, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like one back. But if you're going to remove it if they don't, okay, now you're not – I mean, that should signal to you. You're not helping your users. It's not there to help your users. If you wouldn't remove it if they don't, then clearly it is there to offer a service to your users. And you know, I, I, I personally can't see anything wrong. At the end of the day, it may actually be – I mean, let's say Google picks it up anyway. It may be devalued. It may be eliminated from, from any passing any link weight. Like if they went, oh, and, and actually really locked down on this, any site that links to you and you link to them doesn't make you – know, that, that's going to count as reciprocal. Um, but if that's your worst case and you're still answering that you're helping your users – well, then either way, you're doing your own website a service. So, yeah. you know, I just want to make the point that chances are, I mean, this is this is almost like a moot point conversation that we're having in that um, you you with your auto lot, me with my uh, car wash, we'd have to be actually sitting with a whole bunch of other people in the community. And we'd all have to be linking, you know, pretty much around the same time. To create a pattern that is like just like so garish and noticeable that uh, no live reviewer or um, penguin-shaped bot could overlook it, right? Right. Um, so chances are that that the link between your your site and my site wouldn't be negative. It would actually probably count in both of our favors. But if we were sitting at a big round table with a whole bunch of other people in the auto industry in the same neighborhood and we all did it at exactly the same time, that would be unnatural. Right. Or, or flagged as unnatural. Okay. Um, again, it's just these, it's just my entire career, I've, I've, it, it's, 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 a, it's a, uh, uh, a semantic thing, you know, like I, I just been stumbling over the way they worded that because I think it was ungraceful. It, indeed. And, well, and you know what? So something I was just going to note to our, to our listeners because we've just been talking about recipient links. It's been years since I built a recipient link area, just as a note. So take this with a grain, <laughs> with a grain of salt. She had asked me a specific question about it, and I had answered it. I'm not saying, hey, run out and build recipient link areas. Um, but if you have one or if you're going to build a, a resource area on your site, that would be the approach I would take. Okay, we got time for one more really quick story, and it's just uh, this one is just going to have to be an announcement uh, story. Um, if you're at all interested in the Landy Awards, the uh, Search Engine Land Awards, um, you have until July 31st to 
nominate for, nominate somebody for one of 17 categories, uh, award categories. Um, you better be serious about it because um, every every submitted entry before July 14th is going to cost you $295. Every entry between July 15th and July 31st is going to cost you $395. So uh, if you're going to be, you know, nominating uh, Dave at, uh, over, at, over at Beanstalk, you better mean it because it's going to cost you some money. <laughs> um, anyway, once a year they have the uh, Search Engine Land Awards at SMX West in the autumn, and it's uh, apparently a huge amount of fun. So the uh, yeah. last calls are going to be going out for uh, Landy Award nominees. Uh, go over to searchengineland.com, awards, categories. And uh, you'll come across the Landy Awards. Okay. That takes us to about 20 past the hour on the, at the time that we're recording this podcast. So it's a good time to take a break here on, on Web Culture on Cranberry.fm. It's the 11th of May, 2017. On behalf of Dave, Dave, from Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash founder circle. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at Cranberry.fm. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the uh, 11th of May, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, where do we, you know what? Dave, go FCC yourself, man. <laughs> well, actually, you can't and I can't because we're Canadian. But if I lived just, uh, you know, 100 miles south of here or maybe 60 miles south of where you're at, I would be going to gofccyourself.com, which will immediately redirect you to the um, net neutrality page of the FCC. Um, 
because as uh, you know, astute listeners know, the FCC is poised to remove protections for net neutrality. They're about to change the um, Title II classification of um, web carriers to, uh, well, basically to allow them to charge whatever the heck they want for the data and data rates. And anyone who works on the internet knows that this could be a problem to them because it's going to make the internet a more expensive environment to move data around on. So everyone who's anyone has been all over this story. And John Oliver, um, uh, 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 news satirist, would you call him, or newscaster? It's hard to tell these days. Yeah, it really blends at this point. <laughs> Indeed. Um, has... Uh, well, it's been a cause for John Oliver for, for, for several years. He uh, put up the website, Go FCC Yourself, and last Sunday on, um, it was this week tonight, I'm sorry, I, I don't even know the, I, I watch so little TV, I don't even know the name of the man's show, and I love the show. Um, anyway, on, on his show last Sunday, he uh, talked about net neutrality, put up the domain, Go FCC Yourself, and promptly helped crash the uh, the FCC server. <laughs> maybe they need more bandwidth, but that's going to be pricey. Yeah, maybe it'll, it'll cost them, won't it? <laughs> um, now, part of the reason the FCC site has been crashing over the last few days is um, a right-wing group, an anti-net neutrality group, has, has had a bot crashing the server, putting up the same message... I think a hundred and a hundred some odd thousand times. So go, you know, if you're concerned about net neutrality, go express your concern to the FCC. Um, if you can't get through, try, try again. Um, contrary to what the FCC is saying, there is no coordinated denial of service attack happening against them. Um, it's a very unco uncoordinated consumer action that's being complicated by a right-wing um, spam bot. So that's that's that story. As near as I can piece it together, I think that's what's happening. It, that, from, from everything I know at this point, too, that, that does seem to be it. I think, you know, you, you and I have had some great debates over the years, but now we're, we're getting serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, now we're, we're, we're in the 23rd hour here. Um, so I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's good advice. Get there. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care <laughs> about, about the web. I mean, yeah, I don't care about your political leanings. You obviously care about the web. Um, and this is an important issue. You can oppose an issue and support the people right in power. So don't treat it like that. Treat it as this is an issue. You need to let Congress know that this issue is important. I don't care about your political leanings. Um, you need to, you need to be on this if, uh, if you care about the web at all. And, if you're listening to the show, I know you do. Now, if you're listening to the show, just to, to sort of jump subjects, but it's a, it's a great segue. Um, if you're listening to the show, chances are you're a uh, digital marketer, right? Yeah. So um, back in March, uh, 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 Search Engine Journal released uh, their 2017 digital uh, marketing report. Mm -hmm. They put a revised vision out, uh, version out to uh, state that 36% of uh, digital marketers get their uh, 
their information through podcasts. Which, well, I you know, hope we're helping. Yeah, I know. It kind of makes you want to blush. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people out there listening are listening because um, I guess podcasting has become a primary way for people to um, download information into their into their own heads. Um, that's stunning, eh? Like we've been doing this for ten years, and it's hard to imagine. I don't imagine we've been doing this for ten years. Um, <laughs> but it's it's it, it, it's also just hard to imagine that you know somewhere close to a third of our to a third of the people in the industry would listen to a show like this. Not necessarily the show, although they really should, um, <laughs> uh, as their primary means of information. Where do you get your? Uh, where do you learn about SEO, Dave? Um. I get a variety. Um, one of the things that I guess hat tip to them because they're they're great um, for <laughs> buffer. <laughs> for, um, it's funny. I, I subscribed to it originally uh, just to aid with um, you know timing out my tweets and, and things like that, and making sure you know when I'm researching for this show, I'm not funneling out you know all of a sudden you know thirty tweets all in like you know, a, a like fifteen twenty minute period of time. Um, but what I found is you can, you can import it. It doesn't have to be buffer. That's just what I use for, for, for this purpose. Um, but you can pull in a whole bunch of feeds, um, and then it'll sort of automatically, you know, list them. And then you can decide whether you want to share them or not. So it puts them in a different place, you know, in, in a different tab, and then you can go, Oh, okay. These ones I care about. Well, I picked 15 of the sources that I really, really like <laughs> as far as gathering my information from, um, and so I can go there every morning and it just shows me. So most of it is reading articles because um, it just shows them all to me. And then while I'm working, I can listen to some podcasts as well. Um, you know, just to, you know, if I'm not doing some, something that's going to take all my brain power, um, you know, fire on a podcast. But I, I got to say, most of it is through articles. I count, you know, something like Twitter or something. It's leading me to the articles. So I'm counting stuff like Twitter in that, uh, in that mix. Okay. For me, I'd have to say a lot of it is uh, references from Twitter and Facebook, of course. But, you know, a lot of it is just talking to other SEOs and debating with them. Mm. Uh, Terry Van Horn, Webmaster T. I'm, I got to be on the phone with him once, twice a day. And we, you know, we, get, we, we get yelling at each other. <laughs> um, you know, an article that, that, that you turned me on to. Um, actually, I'd, I'd read it before. I, I was going to sort of let it go past. But um, you're right. Uh, the, 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 the writer of this article is getting all sorts of heat that he doesn't deserve. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about, how to be a better SEO by Roger Monty. It appeared in uh, search engine journal back on the sixth. Yep. I like <laughs> Roger. I mean, I really, really, really like this guy. I've had a couple good conversations with him in my career and, um, he's contributed uh, a, a substantial amount to the knowledge base, right? Yep. Um, I don't think I've had any serious disagreements with anything I've seen, I've heard him say or seen him write. But a lot of people in the industry flipped out about <laughs> one of the points he made in the uh, "How to Be a Better SEO" article. Sure did. Um. Okay, I'm, I, I don't even exactly know how to address the whole thing. Um, the point that people were freaking about was the use of keywords in an H1 or H2 tag. 
stuff. You mm-hmm. got to freak about something. I mean, there's something. There's a, just a whole crazy world out there. There's lots of really good stuff to be freaky about. I'm not so sure this is one of them. <laughs> um, I I mean, keyword heading tags are still important, but they were grievously overused in previous years, and Google doesn't really pay as much attention to them as they did before. Now that Google can can like really suss out what a, what the context and the idea and the topic of a page is about, um, don't get me the heading tags are still important, but they are nothing to build an entire SEO strategy around, and that's what I think he was trying to say. I I do too, and it, it was the way he worded it, and it's unfortunate. I mean, you're a writer. <laughs> I, I know you've written a lot of writing. You know, you've written a lot of material for for you know your own use and, and, you know, for, for, for publishing on, on other locations like search engine journal or, or whatnot. Um, one of the things that I think we all need to remember is, and we kind of touched on this earlier in the show, the guy's a good writer. And he said, one thing you disagree with, don't rake him across the coals as a human. <laughs> so just as a writer offers him, like, do you, do we all want our work put under a microscope and then to just be raked across the coals? If somebody finds one error or, or one thing they disagree with, no, look at the whole body of work and go, okay, I just, and disagree by all means. This is why we're dynamic. This is why, how we learn, right? Like if you disagree, disagree, but don't get personal. Um, but I think what got missed and it's unfortunate, not by everybody, but, but by some, certainly some of the people commenting was there's a lot of great information in that article. And, and he, I think maybe quote unquote, unfortunately ended with that one. So that's what people remember on. And then boom, um, you know, they, they just went nuts, but there's a lot of great stuff in there, um, including, and, and one of my favorites to always keep in mind is there's correlation and causality, right? And these are different, different yeah. things. And it's like, and it's funny because the example I used to go, Hey, and I disagree with Roger and here's why I actually listed it as this is a correlation, right? Like search metrics, ranking factors had come out going, there's a correlation between, heading tags and keywords in them and rankings. Well, I'd use correlation, which actually is a game, you know, sort of another point he was talking about is just because something correlates doesn't mean it's true. You can go, Hey, you know, pages that rank well tend to have a lot of um, social shares. Well, do they have a lot of, is the social shares actually doing it? That could very well be a correlation, not a causality. It may be that it also acquired 200 links because it's a great piece, right? It's the links that did it, not the social shares, but um, oh, so mean, correlation is not. Sorry? You mean why, why, why Roger's article is ranking high for being great SEO, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> now, you know, it's an interesting one, but I think we just need to remember that. And highly, it is recommended reading. Take that part for, for, for what you feel of it. I think his point may be to exactly yours. Not only is it overused and definitely dropped in its in its value. I mean, it used to be one of the you know there was your title tag, then there was your H one tag, right? These are the power two most- there, yeah. <laughs> this was it. Now, yeah, and I think part of that will also be developers use these things wrong, and Google has to figure it out, right? Like, I don't know how many sites you've picked up. I've picked up a bunch where it's like heading tags are used as a formatting element now. Right? Like they're wrong all over the place. The logos in an H one tag, right? Like. Google's had to figure out, okay, what's the actual layout of this page? What is the you know size and coloring of these different fonts and, and text blocks? Okay, let's weight it that way as opposed to putting it on an H1 because some developers build wrong. Um. You know what it was in, the, in, in, in Roger's article that put the biggest, that gave me the biggest ironic smile? What's that? 
his first point, um, LSI, latent semantic indexing and SEO. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, like 10 years ago, didn't Roger build his bloody career on LSI? <laughs> Like, that was this man. That was this man's thing. It was his career. Yeah, and now he's talking about you know. Now this is too old. And good. I mean, you know what? You and I both built careers talking about stuff that I would be embarrassed to talk about now. Right? I mean, I wrote articles that included you know recipe link building as like a solid strategy. Now, mind you, it was like two thousand three or something. Right? Like, so it was a different yeah. era. But. I remember, um, I remember that article because we got in a lot of trouble for it. It was before that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, we sure did. Okay, yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> okay, we. Uh, you know what? We got another five minutes or so. Here's the thing I wanted to bring up really quickly. I want to jump topics again, but um, this one really touched me. Um, this has a lot less to do with SEO than it does than it, than it does with the community itself. Um. And uh, you know, it was actually it was Jeremy Knopf who got me going on uh, on this uh, at least once a show. I want to express gratitude for somebody in the industry doing something real good. Mm-hmm. And this week, it's uh, got to be Audit Man, um, Alan Blywhite. What do you think? What, what do you think, Audit Man? Does that, <laughs> does that work as a character for him? That works really well. Okay, so SEO Audit Man Alan Blywhite uh, posted a, a letter in Facebook he received from a Miss Hunsinger a uh, Title I elementary school teacher in Kansas. Now, Title I signifies a school in a district marked by high levels of poverty, and we're talking about the failed state of Kansas, a state with one of the most underfunded education departments in, in the entire union. The, uh, the letter itself reads, um, Dear Alan Blywhite, in all caps, Oh, how you have blessed my students and myself, exclamation mark. Then we go back to, to, to regular cursive. Thank you doesn't begin to express the gratitude my students and I have for your generosity and kindness. The funding of this grant will leave a much will leave much need, or will give much needed supplies and seating needed in my classroom. Excitement of opening and using the items is so incredible from the bottom of our hearts. We thank you with gratitude, Myth Ms. Hunsinger and Classroom. Um and uh That got me. Uh, that got me thinking. I, 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 that, that really touched me when I saw that. So I, I wrote Alan really quickly and asked, "Look, do you mind if I name check you on the show today? Because uh, this is the kind of thing that we would love to turn people on to." Then I went to Alan's website and saw a letter from an organization called DonorsChoose.org, which is a group Alan's been donating monies to. That uh, said to that said the materials he purchased for. Uh, Ms. Hunsinger's class was on the way, and another purchase he made for Maybury, Maybury Street Elementary School to support their project, the visual schedules needed. They they wrote to uh, Alan to say that the uh, materials for this this project are on are en route to the school. You should check this organization, DonorsChoose.org. Since the year 2000, there's been 2,614,045 supporters who have funded 913,588 projects and helped 22,718,175 students. If you got a few bucks sitting around and you want to do something good with the money, in this era of um, insane government and even more insane government cutbacks, 
the only hope we have, uh, especially since we're all, you know, getting up there in age, is having young people well-educated. <laughs> they're paying your pension, mine too. So please donate and donate heavily. Anyway, I wanted to mention that because um, it's a, we are blessed people. We truly are to be in this industry, to make the kind of money we can make and to have the lifestyles that we can have, you know. Most of us, let's face it, most of us only work like half to two to uh, three quarters of a day. Um, so I just want to hey, throw that out and, and say thank you to Alan Blyweiss for doing this and to urge others. If it's not donorchoose.org, there's something out there that needs your help right near, right near you. We're blessed folks. We should be doing this. You're right, and that's that's a great message to send. And I think you touched on something that is important to remember. And when you're picking, I mean, pick with your heart, right? Like if you are donating, pick with with what's important to you. But um, yeah, I think donating to you know, say uh, the younger generation, those people that are going to remember <laughs> what we're doing when it's time to pick our pensions, they're going to remember, uh, you know, the the decisions we made while we were in office, for example, this and go hey. against the wall. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a great one. I, I think what he's doing is, uh, you know, I mean, you, you can't touch it negatively. That's for sure. It's a, it's a great thing to be doing. And, um, yeah, good to remind us all that we can, too. And Alan's one of those common sense guys, you know. Like, him and I most certainly don't agree with each other all the time. But I really appreciate this dude's common sense. Yeah. So, Okay. On that, we uh, this is a, another opportune time to take a break here on Webcology. So, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 11th of May, 2017. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm.
technology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davis. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 11th of May, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, <laughs> and we are rounding out the hour. This, Dave, you sent, uh, just before we went to air, you sent over the coolest story I've seen all day. Um, build your own web search service with Bing Custom Search. Yeah, that's cool. Eh? What is this exactly? Um, it says, yeah, and they, they, the, the developer conference, like the Microsoft developer conference is going on right now. A few interesting um, announcements there. Um, but one of them is they're sort of putting out, and this is highly customizable stuff that they're, they're doing here, although you are dealing with the Bing search engine. Uh, <laughs> but you can add... Um, search to your site, but one of the things that they're doing with it, I mean, that's, that's you know, we, we, we've all seen that a million times over, um, but you can go so far as to specify which um, niches you would like showing up in results. So if you're, you know, if you want a variety of different sites, but you want them all niche specific, you can go, hey, you know, search the web for, for this niche. You can specify specific sites. So if you ran sort of a, a cluster of sites, um, for example, you can specify you know, I'm happy with results from any of these if people are, are searching for something on my site. Obviously, you can put it to your own as well. Um, there's a bunch of other features in there, but those are sort of the highlights. So I was like, okay, I, I see what you're doing there, and this is actually pretty interesting. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a really, really good enhancement. They're obviously working really, really hard right now to push out a lot of stuff because also at the at the developer conference um they're talking about adding chatbots not just their homepage. you can use more natural language to actually find information using their chatbots and have a two-way communication in, in looking for something um but enabling developers to add this chatbot to their own sites where they can you know engage with their users um with answers drawn from their sites and, and things like that so i think it's, it's it's really really neat what's going on over there and you know, hat tip to, to Microsoft on this one. That could be a, a way to make some inroads, um, maybe not with search as a whole, but in getting your search results shown by sort of catering to the developers um, and making your products easy for them to integrate and highly useful. Absolutely. So if you're interested, it's over on the Bing blog, blogs.bing.com. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> don't mean to say something you know bad about Bing, but they don't actually post a lot of stuff to their blog, so it's not hard to find. Um, it was posted on May the 10th, Build Your Own Web Search with uh, Bing Custom Search. It's one of those things you want to read and just, you know, get into your mind. If there's an application for it and you can use it with one of your clients, um, you know, or use it on one of your own websites, it's, it's, it's just good to have knowledge of this and have that in the back of your head, eh? Yeah, oh, indeed. And you know what, that, that's, that's actually a great point. And half the time we are accumulating information just for that. Right? Like I know Simo Wahaba, I don't know if you know him, but he, he writes a lot of great stuff. If you don't follow his blog, folks, you know, follow it if you at all care about analytics and Google Tag Manager. Write some great stuff. And half the time I am reading it um, just for, uh, I, at least now I know that it exists. And if I ever need to find it, I know where to go to find how to do it again. <laughs> And so like, I'll sort of first read through, just sort of go through it, get a feel for exactly what he's talking about, and then go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't need that right now. That's fine, but I know it exists. So now I can go back and retrieve that information because I know I can do it now if I need to. Well, if, if you ever forgot about where you, where you found that information, you could, again, perhaps go to Bing and use <laughs> um, one of Bing's new chatbots. Indeed. 
Indeed. Um, something that that's uh, also come out of um, the Microsoft Developers Conference is Bing is going to be introducing what is what what is calling chatbots to its search results. And so, okay, you, you do your search, okay, and you got another question about a result. Ask the chatbot; it'll add on to this result to so give you a bit more information, um, or draw information, say, from Wikipedia to fill in whatever blank you're not quite you don't you don't quite have the information for. Isn't that great? It's a different approach than Google's taking. I'm going to be interesting. To, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, where Google seems to be on the line to try and predict what you might mean, and then get you there in just a click, whereas Microsoft's going the route of I'm going to allow you to ask me more. Right. So it'll be interesting because Bing's relies on, or I mean, Google's relies on them having an incredibly strong understanding about your intent uh, before you even might know what that intent is based on your query. Whereas Bing's is more, uh, you know, you're a human being. Your intent might be completely skewed from anything we can predict. So why don't you just ask us another question and then we can gain a little bit more about your intent and give you more results in, in sort of real time. You know, uh, in I, real time. You know what's going to happen, eh? <laughs> this is so Microsoft. <laughs> Guys like you and me are going to use this to figure out how to, how to write content in a way to, you know, answer questions that people might be asking at Google. <laughs> you know that's gonna happen. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I, I'd be remiss to say I hadn't hadn't occurred to me as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can sort of glean a little bit here and, and use it. Um, and I can only assume because it's just you know sort of announced that we're going to see a lot of um, evolution of it, probably very rapidly right now. So I'm guessing it'll be more useful for that purpose in like sort of three or four months from now <laughs> than, uh, than right now where it'll be, people are trying to break it. I mean, we always do. I got a Google home. First thing I did was put it in front of my kids and go break it. <laughs> you know, make it say something stupid, make it. Oh yeah. All over the place, but it's getting better and better. And that's sort of what's, what's making me think about the chat bots in the same way. It's getting better at answering questions as it's evolving and learning. Um, where, and I imagine we'll see the same with the chat bots, how long until people can make it say, you know, like they did with the, you know, their own, you know, Twitter chat bot, how long until people have it saying horrible things, not that long, <laughs> like, of course not, because they'll try and break it. Um, and then, and then it'll evolve over time. I'm looking up something really quickly before, because, because we actually, we're, we're out of news stories. Um, but I got one, and this is one that I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to get to. I wanted to mention this. It's uh, been pissing off a lot of people in the industry this week. Search metrics versus Bright Edge. Have you, have you been, been following this at all, Dave? Uh, yeah, I know the story that you're talking about. I haven't, maybe there's more as I, I heard about it yesterday, and there may be more news that I'm. <laughs> not no, pretty to at this point. It's pretty much, pretty much the same as you know it. I don't think a lot's happened in the last 24 hours. But uh, to give you a quick synopsis, Search Metrics is a uh, international. Basically, I call them like a tool and die maker. They 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 make tools that search engine uh, SEOs and uh, PPC uh, experts use to to serve their clients with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Another company, Bright Edge, uh, ostensibly, I suppose they exist to make tools that SEOs use, but as it turns out, they are more like patent tools. And they've gone after search metrics um, for um, one of search metrics pro uh, uh, products. They've, uh, 
they're they're fighting them in patent court, and um, well, Bright Edge is much 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 better funded than uh, Search Metrics, and so Search Metrics has had to declare Chapter Eleven. Yeah, people are furious about this, um, so much so that they are transferring their clients off of Bright Edge technology. Um, first chance they get. Definitely, definitely one of the stories is there's not a lot more I want to say because I don't want to put the network in an actionable position. (laughs) But I really urge listeners to go to, you know what, go to Google News, type in um, Bright Edge slash search metrics. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And read three or four stories. That's all you got to do. Heck, just do it. Just read one story, and um, actually, you know, the, the first story you read will be so incredible you'll want to read two or three more because you'll just be going, "Oh my God, how can people in our industry do this to each other?" Yeah. But yeah, that's again. I don't want to say much more than that because that doesn't uh, go well. <laughs> there's litigation. Yeah, indeed, that may not go well. There's litigation out there, and you know, we, you know, Dave, we've been doing this for ten years, and we've never gotten sued that I'm aware of. <laughs> Let's let's stick with that streak. Yeah, we've, we've gotten disclaimered, <laughs> but we've never gotten sued. Okay, I am fresh out of stories, but uh, you wrote got another. So what do you got? Yeah, no, there's there's a couple more neat things um, as far as I you know on on my radar anyway. Um, one that'll be interesting for anybody who cares about mobile. So eh. that would be all of us. Um, if you go over to arstechnica.com. Um, there's a, a neat blog post from uh, from just a couple days ago, from on uh, on the eighth, uh, called "Google's Fuchsia Smartphone OS Dumps Linux Has a Wild New UI." It's yeah. true. It is a wild new UI. Um, so for folks who don't know, it's actually the, the the code's available on GitHub right now. And if you read the post, they, it links to GitHub where you can you can get the code. I haven't had a chance to yet, and don't know if I will or I'll, I'll just wait for people who are smarter at that than me um, to get that done. Fortunately, the author did <laughs> um, and installed it. And you can see right now if you install it. Um, there's this big sort of content blocks to give you an idea about what's going where, uh, but it's a brand new interface. It's built on one of their own microkernels, um, which for folks who don't know, microkernels basically like a, a stripped down version of an OS. So it's like the bare bones to run what it needs to run, which makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, so clearly they're trying to get um, their operating system just down, down, down in what it needs to do, um, and and in the power consumption and you know in, in the resources that it takes. Um, and the, the layout, I mean, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. So just go and look at it. If you want to see the layout, I can't describe it. Um, but it's, it's really neat and, and very interesting to see them heading in that direction. One of my questions, of course, is, are they going to be giving this to, um, other vendors or are they going to be keeping it to themselves, right? Like they're firing out phones. Um, and they've got, you know, three more earmarked for this year. So is this going to be a a microkernel built only for them and an OS only for them, or are they going to, you know, open it up to, to other developers? And that'll be interesting to see, um, as things, uh, as things progress. Absolutely. Okay. We are down to our last 30 seconds. Um, friends, if you're flying in between America and Europe or on any flight coming into the United States from overseas, as of yesterday. Uh, electronics larger than a cell phone are going to be banned on your flight. So um, 
apparently we just got another minute and a half. Oops. Woo-hoo. Um so anyway, keep that in mind. If um if you have work that's on your laptop that's critically important, you better pack that away in uh, your stowed uh, luggage. Or more important, better yet, phone your airline and find out if you're allowed to pack it away in your stored luggage. <laughs> yeah. You may want to upload all your work to the cloud and just, you know, grab a disposable uh a disposable laptop when uh when you get when where you're you going. Off your flight. What well, what would you do about that, man? I mean, like that's crazy, eh? Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, can, I, can I don't even know what. I mean, you know, your productivity in the sky is now all but eliminated. Well, I mean, how to say this? You don't want to. You don't want to second guess security, especially like you know when you're the one who's on the airplane, <laughs> um, sitting down here at zero feet. I may be five hundred feet above sea level in Toronto, but you know, if I fall out of my chair, I'm not going to die. I can criticize a uh, 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 homeland security till I'm blue in the face, but I'm, when I'm actually on the airplane, rules <laughs> like that mean something to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you don't want to, but I, I don't know how I'd survive. I, yeah. I can't go on a day trip without my laptop. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and I know we've got a minute left, so something just for our, for our listeners. Mary let me uh, in on this before it launched. Then I saw it. I didn't like it when she mentioned it. Now I do. Now I understand it. She obviously did ahead of time. Um, Amazon has unveiled their uh, their new Echo uh, called the Echo Show, which is going to have a 7-inch um, basically tablet. It's 230 bucks, so not bad. Even if you just want a tablet, you can get an Echo with it. Um, hooks up so that you can now have a, a visual display. It's good for, for conferencing and stuff, but sort of ties into some of the things we've been talking about, about shopping and I can only imagine now we'll have a, a, a visual to use while we're shopping um, through the Amazon Echo. So good well, and And it's 7-inch, so it's not tiny, not too small, so we can't be 10 blue links. Apparently, <laughs> that, apparently we're out of time. Um, okay, friends, we're out of time here on Web Call Show, Memory.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Uh, you've been listening to us on the 11th of May, 2017. Stick around for Embry.fm for amazing content. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. How much are your best ideas worth?